Alright. I'm happiest when I see a lot of kids. I love the kids. Amen? You know, the pandemic hit us hard. We haven't recovered yet, you know, but we're getting there. The pandemic hit us hard. You know. Slowly but surely, the kids are coming back. Amen? Alright, let's, con let's continue. Yeah, we did. Thank you. Alright, let's... Um, Let's go to Ezekiel 34. This is going to be the final installment of this message. And we're going to begin next week. As I said, next week we'll be doing a special message on baptism. Um, we're, going to, we're going to use our Sunday format to begin teaching and training on specific things. So we're going to do baptism next week. Class on baptism. And, and, so, um, and then the week after that, we're going to have a special baptismal service. And then the week after that, we will begin our church series on the church, and which will culminate, I think it's a six week, is that six weeks, five, six weeks, what was that? Five. Five weeks. At the end of that five week, um, we will then have another, another service where we will explain um, church membership requirement and the covenant agreement. And we'll, we'll, we'll explain that. We're, we're going to do it in a really nice format where you can ask questions and we're going to really keep it open. And then the idea is that for those who feel from the Lord that this is your church, that you that we, we're going to be introducing official church membership. Uh, you can, if you don't you know, want to become a member, that's fine. That, that, you know, just do it as the Lord leads you. But for those who really feel like this is my home church, um, then you know, we're going to welcome you to to take on this membership uh, requirement, and, and, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, the, the goal of that is to really uh, to really know who we feel like we're accountable to give. Uh, we're we're going to give account. Ron and I are going to give account to God, but we want to get to know who uh, we're going to give account. So when the Lord says to me, uh, "Okay, come forward, Emmanuel," and He says. Um, you're going to get a count of Jonathan. I'll be like, who's Jonathan? <laughs> I don't want to be in that position. Who's, who, Lord, who's Jonathan? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know the flock. We want to know the flock. We want to know that whoever we're going to get a count to. Um, you know, so, 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 so this will be the last installment, and then we'll got some exciting things for the church that will come. All right, well, let's read Ezekiel 34. We've been in this series of the Lord will gather, will gather his sheep. And I think that this series is a great precursor to what the Lord wants to do. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. The Lord is going to seek out his sheep. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your blessing and anointing and grace in these next few minutes that you would help us, Lord, to be clear, open our understanding, help us, Jesus, to, Lord, to really hear what you have to say. Strengthen me, strengthen my body, bless the people, bless us all as we hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. So thank you for this morning, thank you for all that you've done so far. Amen. The Lord God will seek his sheep, and I'm going to try to skip some 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 um, review going to do all of it but we, we asked the question in what sense can we understand that he's going to seek them out in what sense and we felt um, as I as I studied it, it it appeared that to carefully inspect the Lord's sheep we have a question right I think we have a question Abby um, um, what does it mean to carefully inspect the sheep uh, and that has probably something to do with inspecting the, the worship, right? Inspecting the sacrifices of the people for defects, right? Um, that there's, and we read that in Deuteronomy 71. In Deuteronomy 71, you shall not sacrifice the Lord your God an ox or a sheep in which is a blemish or a defect. And, and in, in other words, that's going to require inspecting the animal for a blemish or a defect. So we feel like there's an inspection um, that God wants to do with respect to our worship. And then we, we ask a second question, 
What is the consequence of failing to inspect, seeking the Lord's sheep? How, what, is, what is the uh, consequence? The consequence of failing to carefully inspect the Lord's sheep is, that, is the polluting of the altar of worship. And we get that from Malachi, Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, right? Oh, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name. But you say, how have you despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. And the Lord says to the priest, You've off you're offering polluted food, defiled food uh, in the altar. Alright, and so then, then we ask another question. How is the altar polluted? How is the worship, how is the altar polluted, right? And we said last week that one of the ways that the, um, how the altar is polluted, right, is by offering blind animals. Look at, look at um, Malachi chapter 1, verse 8, right? He just told them, you're, you're polluting, you're polluting uh, my altar. And in verse 8, the Lord says, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And so we've been looking at it. So we spent last week, or the two weeks ago, right? What does it mean to offer to the Lord blind animals? The people were offering blind animals. Do you think Christians today can offer God blind animals? Yes, in worship, right? Right? And we, we, and we mentioned last week, we no longer bring an animal to worship. Who do we bring to worship? Ourselves. <laughs> right? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it's no longer the animal. It's you. It's me. We are the, right? We are the thing that is sacrificed. We're the thing that we lay down our lives. So now, the, 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 it, we have to carefully inspect ourselves for defects. Right? The priests should be doing that. Inspecting. You know, um, asking God, Lord, um, Search me and know, you know the psalmist says, right? Search me and try me. See, see if there's any wicked way in me. Amen. All of us are capable of, of just wicked thoughts and wicked ideas. Do you know that? You know, I I live with that every day. I say, Lord, my heart is so easily bent to my own my own self, my own gratification. Now something wicked. So we have to come to say, Lord, search me. You know my thoughts. And so we have to, there has to be an inspection. And, we, and then one of the things that when we don't inspect ourselves, when priests fail to inspect the sacrifices of the people, we offer blind animals to the Lord. And then we ask the question, what does that mean? Well, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 10, he says, his watchmen are blind. There we go, blind. They are all without knowledge. In other words, to offer a blind animal is to offer is to offer some kind of worship in your life that really doesn't know God, doesn't know the glory of Jesus Christ, but yet you're going through the motion. You, you haven't really come to understand, right? You know, look at look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Do you know that sometimes, if we're not careful, Satan can also blind our own eyes to the glory of Jesus Christ, and we can become so obsessed in our own ways, and we, don't, we can't even begin to praise God because we don't see His glory, right? The enemy can easily bind our eyes with the cares of life, right? With, with all the stuff that, that can just distract us from the glory of Jesus Christ. And the Lord wants to set us free from that. So, the, but, and this is, this is a blindness that sometimes Satan comes to God of this world, and don't underestimate the, the death, the God of this world. Not just Satan. The God of this world. In other words, the things of this world have a tremendous capacity to rob us of the truth in Jesus Christ. Right? The things of this world are so distracting, so glamorous. But at the end, they don't provide nothing to you in Christ. So the God of this world blinded you to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. That's, that's the thing. His aim is to keep you from seeing Christ, seeing the beauty of Jesus Christ. And if he has to do that by letting you come to church and, and, and satisfy yourself religiously, he'll do that. Be like, 
How many times people just come to church and they're not seeing the glory of God, but because they come to church, they're fine. Right? I mean, the churches are filled like that. People that are just doing religious stuff, but they don't know Christ. They haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So whatever it takes, the enemy, the enemy can make us backslide, front slide, side slide. I mean, you, you got it. You know, he, we could go in all directions in order to keep us from seeing what? The glory of Jesus Christ. How awesome he is. Amen. But today, today we're going to get right into it. So we're asking the question, how is the spiritual altar polluted? Number one, offering blind animals. Today, there's also something else. Offering lame animals. Look at, look at um, Malachi chapter 8, verse, um, Malachi 1, verse 8. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are what? Lame. So you got blind animals. So there's a worship. Remember, these are all spiritual realities. This is not, don't think, don't think Old Testament, you know, only. This is a reality. God is speaking spiritually. We can offer blind animals in our worship, but we can also offer lame worship. Our worship is lame. Right? Um, what does it mean to be lame? I looked it up. The word simply means to limp. <laughs> to limp. It's to be disabled. Where? In the hands? Where, where, if, you're, if you're lame, where are you disabled? <laughs> the feet. You're lame in the feet. You're offering worship that is lame. In the feet. Right? I mean, so it's... No, no. It's a person that is more or less permanently, physically incapacitated. Their feet don't function normal. Right? Lame worship. We're after lame worship. It's worship that has something to do with your feet. Lame. These words, when God says it's lame... And he uses that word that means to limp. It means to be disabled at the feet. Trust me, he means something for you to understand. He's warning us that we can offer not only blind worship, but we can offer worship that is lame at the feet, spiritual feet. And the primary, the primary disability, all right, of one who is lame is what? What's their primary disability? They what? Cannot walk. What? What? They cannot walk. It's not complicated. It really is not that complicated. I love the Bible. The Bible uses these metaphors, and they're just so useful. They cannot chew. Nah, lame. They cannot listen. No, it's not right. Lame. They cannot see. No, they lame person see. A lame person can't walk. That's basically or walks with a limp. You know, a lame person, it just, the problem is movement. The problem is progress on their own two feet. Somehow the disconnection, right, either the ligaments are broken, bones are broken, and, and their feet are, cannot function. They, they may, do they want to walk on the feet? Probably, right? But, but there's a disconnect with the brain, and the, the feet can't do it. You ever have a physical situation like that where you, where you feel like you want to do something but you can't do it? Yeah, that's kind of scary, right? People that have stroke victims, they'll tell me, I, I couldn't move my arm. I'm not, I've done this all my life. I can't move it. Yeah. It's, the issue here is walking. Worship that in some spiritual sense is disabled in its walking. Right? Bear with you with me so far. We want to understand the meaning of lame worship. Worship that is handicapped in the feet. And I believe this is possible. I believe I can offer lame worship. I believe that you can offer lame worship. So I want to learn what this is. I want to understand. Am I, am I offering lame worship, Lord? I want to know. Because I, can, I could. The, the warning there is clear. That these people are offering all kinds of animals. It looked good. 
on the outside, but in careful inspection, you would have seen that it's blind, it's lame, it's sick, and they, they failed to see that. So what is the biblical meaning of walking? Well, in the Bible, in the Bible, walking is a metaphor. Expresses continuous progress in time and in a chosen direction. Right? There's a lot of things that we take for granted. But when you walk, there are two things happen. One is, I'm actually moving. I'm making progress. Who says, I am going to the computer, and the way I'm going to go to the computer is going to, I'm going to walk backwards. <laughs> Nobody does that. There's movement, there's progress, and there's direction. Intentional direction. It's like, I'm moving from here, and then I need to use the restroom. So where do I go? Do I go that way? Where do I go? The back. <laughs> Point A to point B, it's not complicated. It's the idea that we're making progress, right? So think of that, spiritual, lame, spiritual worship that is lame has something to do with this idea of progress and direction, mobility. Now in the Bible, right, we find its real meaning and significance, I believe, um, with respect to walking with God. Um, we'll go to Genesis 5.24, Genesis 5.24, Enoch, what? Walked with God. And he was not for God took him. Enoch walked with God. So, here, so the Bible is now, this beautiful thing about the Bible, remember we said the Bible? The Bible explains to you things. You don't have to figure out what's, what's the spiritual walk mean. Well, spiritual walking has something to do with Walking with God. Now, that doesn't answer my question. I, have, I still have 5,000 questions. <laughs> what does that look like, God? <laughs> it's like, you know, how do I know when I'm walking? How do I know when I'm not walking? <laughs> right? but, but, but at least I, I'm starting to fair, I'm starting to understand, okay, walking with God. In fact, you know what's interesting? I did a study yesterday. I, I did a search. Maybe there's one, but I couldn't find it. There is no instance in the Bible when God is walking with you. Ah. The, there's no scripture in the Bible that I found. I spent some time looking through where it says God walks with you. It always says you walk with God. Uh, is, that, is that a parable? Is that, is that so encouraging and convicting? Well, here's another one. Genesis 6, 9. Genesis 6, 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah, guess what? Walked with God. Now, the Bible has plenty of scriptures that says he is with us. Beautiful. But it never says he walked with you. Now, why is that? <laughs> because, right, the emphasis is primarily you walking with God. And it's obvious. It's obvious why, right? Because God is the one who's leading. Not you. You're not deciding where you're going to go. That's part of the problem. The problem is that you, God, I'm going this way. Hey, uh, <laughs> no, God is walking. He knows where he's going, and no man can stop him. <laughs> you can go that way, and he just keeps going. <laughs> right? Praise God for the shepherd that goes out and gets get the sheep, right? But he comes right back. Right? The, the point here is that you walk with God, not the other way around. You don't invite God into your journey. God invites you into his journey. You don't determine the direction of your life. God does. That's hard. I, I get that. That's hard. We all have desires. I want to go this way. <laughs> it's like, it's like we, we have a thousand. We have a thousand desires. <laughs> we have a capitalistic society of desires. But we've got to find God's ways. 
every one of those desires will fail. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end is death. There's only one way. That's God's ways. Amen? Amen. You, the emphasis is going to be primarily with God. I mean, that's why when Jesus comes into the, into the, you know, into history, Matthew 4, 19, guess what he says? He doesn't say, hey, where are you, where are you going? <laughs> what does he say? Follow me. That tells you he knows where he's going. And he just wants you to follow him. Amen? So we're invited. So what does it mean practically to walk with God? Because I'm like, okay, I get that, but I'm still not fully sure. What does it mean to walk with God? Well, so these are, these are my questions, right? These are my questions. I, I, I invite you into my, into my chaos, <laughs> mental chaos. But I, I, it's okay. He said, I'm walking with God. Well, what does that look like? What is that? What does it mean to walk with God? This will help. This is important. These are the questions you should be asking. Don't ever just read the Bible and say, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. What does it mean to walk with God? <laughs> I think so many people do that. You know, like, they just get the general idea. But if you ask them to describe it, what does it mean? What does it look like? Well, I think. You know, it's like, forget about what you think. What does the Bible say? Right? Well, in the Old Testament, the primary way that walking with God is described in the Bible. So I've got to go back to the Bible. The primary way that walking with God is described is walking in His ways. Look at Deuteronomy 10 12. Deuteronomy 10 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God? To walk in all of His ways. Alright, so now we have ways. Good. Fantastic. And I'm, Again, I'm going to wild this along because I can't say it. Um, look at Psalm 128.1. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. So, okay, walking his ways. But if you're a man, what's the next question you're going to ask? What does it mean to walk in his ways? I'm like, okay, but I <laughs> what does that mean? I, I, it just... You got, I'm just a simple man. <laughs> Give it to me. Simple. I, I, can't, I can't deal the abstract. I need concrete. What does it mean to walk in his ways? Well, I found that, that to walk in his ways, right, is to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Ah, to walk, right, to, to walk in God's ways is to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Look at Leviticus 26.3. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments, what are you walking in? My what? What's the first one? Statute. And the second one is observe my commandments. So, so walking with God has something to do with statutes and keeping his commandments. Praise God. Amen. I'm, I'm, it's getting clear, right? It's getting a little bit clearer. We're walking with God. Uh, in his ways, which, which involves statutes and commandments. But if you're Emmanuel, there's another question I have to ask. What's the question? What does it mean to walk with God by keeping his commandments? What does that mean, Lord? I mean, does that mean at 2.30 in the morning? Uh, what? Well, I'm a simple man, sorry for being so dumb. But I, but I, I need to know. I just, and, and, and I'm just bringing to this journey. And that, there was a time I, my dad would like, get so frustrated because I had so many questions. But I was glad that I was now able, when I came to the Bible, I was just like, no, 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 I, I don't get that. What does that mean? So we asked the question what does it mean to walk with God by keeping his commandments? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, okay, I get that, keep that, keep that, okay, good. Well, um, go to, go to, I love the Psalms, Psalms begins to expand theologically these ideas that God has rooted in seat form in, in, in the Torah, in the first five books, and look at Psalm 2510, ah, somebody's getting clear, all the paths of the Lord are what? 
<laughs> oh, this, now this is kind of interesting. All the paths of the Lord are not commandments. Right? That's our first impression. See 
different. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Is that what you heard when you first read the Ten Commandments? I didn't. I did not. That did not enter my mind. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was like a religious Pharisee. <laughs> yes, Lord, this person will do it. <laughs> the more we get to change, I praise God. Amen. When we walk with God in His ways, we walk in love. <laughs> second John, look at Second John 1, Second John 1, 5 and 6. See, when we says that Enoch walked with God, now we can understand the character of that walk. He loved powerfully. Many of us read that like, oh yeah, he walked. He had this wonderful relationship with God. Yes. But we stop there and we don't really, I don't believe that we really are allowing the scriptures. No, no, this is more than just Enoch and his relationship with God. This is that in everything that he wanted, he was a man full of love, walked in love with his neighbors, with his family. Everywhere he went, he was just as wonderful that it got so awesome, God took him. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, this is phenomenal. What Enoch, he's just full of love, full of love for his neighbor, full of love for his family, full of love for his person across the street, right? He's just full of love. And now I ask you, dear lady, as though I were writing you a new commandment. Not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning. Which beginning? He's talking about the beginning. <laughs> That we love one another. And this is love. That we walk. Here we go. According to his commandments. This is the commandment. As you, just as you have heard from the beginning. So that you should what? Walk in. Beautiful. You, you, you know where we, you, 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 are you starting? Without me going any further. You can start figuring out what is lame worship. Hold that thought. Because Emmanuel has another question. Okay, Lord, help me to understand what does it mean to walk in love? Is it just to be so giddy and just, right? Yeah, to be nice to people. You know, I, I, need, I need concrete. I need something more concrete. What does it mean to walk in love? Ah, thank God for the scriptures. I think. God answers these questions for us. I wonder what, how many want to walk in love? <laughs> like, I want to walk in love. I mean, I could be praying sometimes and I just have these grand visions. I say, Lord, I just want to love. What does that look like? In the midst of responsibility, in the midst of, I got I to go self-storage today. I got to go teach, right? Some of your mothers. How, how do I do that? Is how do I, I want to enter, I don't want breaks. I don't want to love on Tuesday from 7 to 9. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's an ache in our hearts to, to delight in God all the time. To be such a aroma of love wherever you go. Wouldn't that be beautiful? That when you walk into the room, people just are happy because... This person's different. They just carry an aroma of love. What does it mean? Look at Ephesians 5.2. Ephesians 5.2. Walk in love. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Walk in love. Beautiful. As Christ loved us. Wonderful. But of course, his little mind said, but Lord, how did you love us? In what specific way did you love us? Here it is. He gave himself up for us. What does it mean to walk in love? Is to give yourself up for others. Right? Jesus Christ gave himself up for us. Who's the us? 
Who does the us refer to? The world? His people. Specifically, this is the us. To give yourself up. Right? And notice how he ends this. This is, this is not no accident. Paul says, what is this? When you give yourself up for others, just like Christ, what is that considered? What is it? Go ahead, one. A fragrant offering and sacrifice. Do you see how our lives, our lives are the, the object of worship, right? The, the, what, the, the, the means by which we worship God is our lives. We lay down our lives for others. That laying down of your life is not Sunday. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Oh, that, that's good, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But that's really not. It's this life of love. It's this life of saying, Lord, I don't want to live for myself. I want to live for, lay down my life for other people. None of us are going to ever do that perfectly. So just accept that. But that doesn't mean you, you can't grow in that. They said, I want to grow. Every year, I want my love for people to grow. Last year, I was at 29.2. This year, I want to go to 31.6. And then the year after that, you know, 32.5. Then after that, maybe 54, 54.6. A little bit of a leap. But we want to grow. We want to grow to love people. We don't want to be passive. Just to kind of waiting. No, we want to, we want to act God. We want to walk with you. Gave himself for us. Amen. I'm going to wrap up. I have other things to say, but so what does it mean to offer lame worship? Let's go to Malachi chapter 1, verse 8. Lame worship. Ouch. <laughs> worship that is disabled on the feet. Worship that is not able to walk with God. That make, that make sense? Well, well, let's take it further. Worship that is not able to walk with God, which means you're not walking in love. You're walk, walking for yourself. You're, you're, all you're occupied is yourself. You're not living a life of love, walking, giving yourself up for others, right? When we begin to worship God, when we, whatever our worship is, but if, if we're not walking in love, it's lame in the feet because you're not walking with God. You're not able to walk with Him in His paths of steadfast love and faithfulness. You're not able to go there. We don't live this perfect life at all. But when we, when we live our lives selfishly, not caring for the people of God, not caring for others, we offer God lame worship. That's serious, you know? Uh, to me, I said, okay, God, I mean, I was, I was very busy this week, you know. <laughs> That's why it's so good to start worship by asking God, forgive me, Father. Because I've not lived a perfect life this week. Cleanse me, Jesus. Right? We shouldn't be arrogant. You know, just come in, you know, belting. You know, we come in just having that time, whether it be in the morning, whether it be, you know, sometime you can get along with God. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I've fallen short. But thank you for the blood cleanse me. I want to walk with you. I don't want to offer lame worship. I don't want to offer you offering me, but your heart is so far from me. You don't really care about my ways. You don't care about my people. You don't spend any time with my people. You don't really do anything. You don't even pray for that. Imagine that. A life totally devoid of caring for other people. A life totally devoid of caring for God's people. Out of sight, out of mind, coming Sunday, the whole week, man, not even a thought. That should not be the case. They should be concerned for each other. How are you? That's why I like Telegram. We can talk to each other throughout the week. Amen? Hey, how are you doing? Good. Pray for this. Pray for that. Right? We need that. All of us have things, enemies that are pulling us away from Christ. And, and we get so absorbed and we stop walking with God. Amen. Look, look, look it up. Look at Amos. Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5. Verse 22, this is uh, 522, this is Martin Luther King, right? He made this scripture very famous. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fat animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Wow. Take away from me. I, I, I'm bothered by the noise. 
to the melody of your hearts, I will not listen. I think this is this is speaking of contemporary, so much of contemporary music that we just we, we make we make so much about music, <laughs> and then we come and we just live like the temple, like the week, right? And we live like nothing happened. And yet, yeah, music is cool. You know, I, I, I read that, I said, ooh. But look what the Lord says, you know. You hear you are offering sacrifices, songs, and melodies, and all that. Verse 24, but let justice roll down like waters, righteousness like an ever-flowing. What is justice and righteousness? Let me put it to you simple. It's love for other people. Love for the downtrodden. Love for the marginalized. Love for God's people, right? To, be, to care, right? To really, to really care. Look, look at Isaiah 50, Isaiah 58. I'm just going to give you these. You know these passages. But, but look, at, look, at, look at Isaiah 58, verse 1. Cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgressions, to the house of Jacob their sin. They seek me daily. Once a week? How often they seek God? Daily. And delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgment. That means that they're a prayer warrior. They're prayer warriors, this, this church. Uh, they delight, they love to draw near to God. Man, I'll tell you, I wish I was a member of that church. <laughs> How many would say amen? Right? <laughs> they love God, they love drawing near to God, right? And why are we fasting? And you, you see it now. Why are we hungry? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. And oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel, fight, and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Is such a fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes on him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? All of these religious activities, right? And the Lord says, is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness. <laughs> it's like, I mean, do you, hear, do you hear his heart? It's not like my people just don't get it. I want them to loose the bonds of wickedness. To undo the straps of the yoke. To let the oppressed go free. To break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him. And not to hide yourself from your own. You hear the word of the Lord. You hear God's anguish for his people. They're not smoking pot and cracking in the houses. They're coming to church. They're like having a great, wonderful time. And in the midst of that excitement, religious and spiritual excitement, the Lord says, what are you doing? I called you to share your bread. Amen? Amen. I mean, we've got to take this to heart. We're all selfishly inclined in our heart. All of us. I've got to remind myself of this. I don't, want to live, I don't want to be like those people. I don't want to be like... I want to, I want to walk with God in love. Amen? Amen? I don't want to have lame feet. So how's your spiritual feet? I mean, be honest. Is your life lame worship to God? Doesn't mean that you're not saved. Doesn't mean that oh, I'm going to hell. No, that's not, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, look... You offer to me something that comes from my life that is not really concerned about my people. Then I, you don't have no concern for my house. You're just absorbed in your own issues and you have no concern. And you don't make any effort to try and you know, get the engines going. That's my worship. We need to make effort. Right? We need to make every effort, right? God, help me, help me, Lord, to, 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 Lord, to follow you. It's not going to be easy and I'm going to fail many times. But his grace is sufficient. Amen? You know, there comes a time sometimes, there comes a time when people stop walking with Jesus. You should know this. Look at, look at John 6, 66. John 6, 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back. And what happened? No longer 
they no longer walk with Jesus. I believe the churches are full of people who after something, some occasion, after some incident, some problem, some trial, after that, they no longer walk with Jesus. What does that mean? Does that mean that they became a prostitute and they smoking crack every week? No, of course not. It just means they stop walking with Jesus. It means that they stop prioritizing a walk of love for other people. Not, mm. People hurt me too much. Walk. I'll go to church. I'll be a Bible study. I'll even pray. But nothing more. When you do that, you stop walking with Jesus. Right? And sometimes, it did, in this occasion, it came because they heard something they didn't like. For example, John 6, 53. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Hey, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, could you have used different words? You know, Jesus, don't, don't, cannibalism is an exception. <laughs> no, but Jesus refers to cannibalism. You gotta eat and you like it, it rocked their boat. And you don't realize that there is a, yeah, we gotta eat his flesh and drink his blood. And they were just like, in John, in John 6 60, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? I don't, I don't know, I don't know where you're at. But are you walking with Jesus? Are you walking, right? We're all, we're all in this boat together. I want to walk with Jesus. Right? I want to live a life of love. I want to give myself more to the work of God. Right? I, I, I cannot be where I was at last year. This year there has to be an increase. That's not, that, that's absolutely mandatory. That there be increase. The moment I stop growing is the moment I start backsliding. Right? So, again, no, no pressure because the Lord is our strength. We can believe on the promise. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So it's not about you. It's not about what the strength and your commitment and your all that. Not nah, forget about that. It's about Jesus Christ. But maybe we just need to be reminded. So, Lord, I don't want to remain the same. There ought to be evidence of growth. There ought to be, yes, that person, I see tremendous growth on that person. We, sh that's we, we should be striving because the churches are just filled with people who are from year to year, there's no growth. They remain the same, same thing. Year after, I don't know about you. I want my passion to grow stronger. I want my love to grow stronger. I want my devotion to grow stronger. I want my sacrifice to grow stronger. And only the Lord knows exactly what that means in my life. Right? It can't be, it can't be based on time because we only have 24 hours. Right? <laughs> but, but there is a growth that transcends time. But time is fundamental. Trust me. There's time. But, but at some point, we have to just ask inwardly that God wants to purify our hearts. So that when we give ourselves to people, it's actually a better quality. Understand? I can give myself for an hour. I can give myself for 15 minutes. And that could be more pure than the hour that I spent. Right? I mean, so we have to understand that these dynamics are not that straightforward. But we should be, the point is that we should be growing. Amen? Amen. What, what, let's, let's stay. And Abby, Abby, when do you come up? Luke 7.22. Luke 7.22. Right? And he answered them. This is, a, this is an encouragement to all of us. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. Are you offering blind worship? Well, Jesus has come. And the blind what? They receive. What are they receiving? But he, not only do the blind receive the sight. Guess what? The lame walk. walk. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I mean, in other words, Jesus is our hope. He's, he's here to heal our feet. He's here so we can begin to walk. And, and you might walk like this with him. But if you're holding on to his hand, it might look a little funny. And the Lord is so patient. Be like, oh, I'm going to two miles per hour. Yeah, pick up the pace, bud. No, Jesus says, I'll, I'll slow down with you. I'll slow down with you. Isn't that what a father does with his child? 
grabs it by the hand. Come on, come on, you can do it. And now, uh, you know, if you're funny like me, you're like, I'll walk like just like you. Come on, buddy. <laughs> that's Jesus. That's his love. That's his. He he wants to teach us how to walk in a life of love. Amen. Amen. If you come to this church, that's our goal. We want to be a church filled with the love of Christ. That that the aroma of Christ's love is evident in this community, not just in this church, but even beyond the walls of this church. Amen. That's what I love. I love the outreaches we do with the parents. I just love it because it's a moment for us to show the fragrance of Christ's love by a smile, by a hug, right? I just love it. I love it. Yeah, it's just wonderful to love people. And that calling, you are the couriers of God's love to our community. Amen? But maybe you've been dried up. And, uh, but I want you to know that the lame one, when Jesus comes, into your life, sets things in order. The lame walk. We're gonna sing a song and dismiss. So bear with me just for five more minutes. We're gonna sing that song with every breath I take. Lord, I will give you praise. With every song I sing, I'll glorify your name. And if you feel you want to be ministered to, you want quiet time with the Lord here, we're gonna open the altar and say, Lord. You know, we got to get into the habit of saying, okay, Lord, I've heard what you say. I don't want to just check off another Sunday, but let's engage now, whether in your own heart, whether you come here, but let's engage with God for five minutes and say, Lord, I want to walk. I mean, there's something that happens in the heart when you really mean things to God. He said, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want, to walk, I want to be a man full of love. I'm not content, just, I want to walk with you in love. So I just want to encourage you, engage with God, ask Him, close your eyes, come here, whatever, and just ask Him to do this in, in your life.
pray for everyone here who might be struggling, struggling to understand their walk, not really feeling anything, just kind of numb. I pray right now they will sense your presence and your spirit. Because your word says that the love of Christ is poured upon our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We have that love inside of us if we truly belong to you. And I just pray that you would at least, oh God, a, a love, a community of love in greater proportion, greater measure, that as a church, we would love in a greater capacity this year than ever we have ever loved before. Oh God, do that in this church. Do that individually with each and every one of us. Let us grow in the love of Christ. And then let us bring that love together to glorify your name. And so God, we thank you. We pray your grace. We just bless your people. That you keep this word in our hearts. We don't want to offer lame worship. Worship that doesn't walk with you. A lifestyle of just going our own ways. Oh God, set us free. Heal our feet. Help us to walk in the paths of steadfast love and faithfulness. Bless your people, God, as they go home. Bless this afternoon, Lord. I pray tonight at Good Shepherd that you would just fill us with your love for the folks at Good Shepherd. Lord, that when we come in, we will be overflowing with your love for them. Oh, God, do it, Jesus. Just fill us with your love. And everywhere we go, at work or school, there would be something of the glorious love of Christ that would make a difference. So bless your people as they go home. Fill them with your love. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon.
Yeah, yeah. 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 